exploring this theme, this word that we call confidere, from the Latin. It, it's really a combination of two words, with faith, confidere, from the word fides. And it really had to do with this idea of what it, we translate into English as confidence. And we've been talking about what it means to move forward, to advance in faith. And so we've been hearing different ones come and share around this theme and hopefully challenging ourselves to be more responsive to God, to confront things in our lives, to be responsive when we sense the Lord is asking us to move forward into something or maybe even let go of something that's keeping us from moving forward with what he has for us. And so we've been looking at it from a lot of different angles and hearing a lot of different ones share around this theme. And this morning we get to hear from someone who uh, many of us know, and maybe you've read a few of his books. Francis Chan's a, a well-known author, Crazy Love, and a book that I actually just finished reading that I thought was extremely courageous to write called Erasing Hell. And, um, you know, he's a writer. He was a pastor for a number of years in Simi Valley, ironically a church with the same it's Cornerstone Church, right, of Simi Valley, and it was great. We were, we were laughing about that. When we first met about a year ago, we started to establish a, a friendship because Francis made a decision to make a change. He felt like God was wanting him to make a change in his life from leaving 17 years of pastoring and moving into something completely different, very radical change. And he, he felt in, in just motivated and moved to come to San Francisco. And he's been involved in a ministry. You probably already looked at the bio there. and You can see a little bit about it. But City Impact is a ministry that has its presence in, in the Tenderloin. And it works a lot with those who are hurting and maybe on the outskirts of society. And it seeks to bring them light and life in Jesus' name. And um, he's been really a person who's thrown himself into that. And we've had a chance to get to know one another, build a, 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 a friendship, had his family over my house. And one of the things I can tell you about Francis that I'm more impressed than the books or the decision to leave uh, uh, and come here is that there is a, a genuine authenticity and uh, an honest, sincere love for Jesus that is not a pretense nor something that he just does to you know, manipulate emotions. It's a, real, it's a real feeling inside of the man, and it's a genuineness. And so I think you're going to be be touched by what he's going to share with us. We're going to, he's going to explore the idea of courage. I'm going to have us welcome up in a moment. I'm going to go ahead and pray a blessing over our time that we have left here. And Lord, just, you know, we've come into your house. We've had a chance to worship you. And now we're getting ready to, to listen for your word. And everybody, all of us have our own story. We have things that are happening in our life right now. Some of us, there's relational things that are happening that we're having to deal with. Others of us, it might be with our finances or career other personal, deep, internal issues, wounds that we're working through. Um, but you know, you know everything. You know what awaits, awaits us around the bend, and you know why we're here. And uh, you, you allowed us to be here together. And so I want to ask that you allow this word that we're about to hear to come alive. And each one of us takes ownership of our own heart before you. And as best as we can say, Lord, we say, Lord, my heart is open before you to receive your words. So we ask for your blessing. Bless these minutes that we share together. Bless this word. Bless our friend. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give Francis a warm welcome? Can we do that? Thanks. It's been so good already this weekend being here. And it, like Terry said, we moved here as a family. I've got five kids, a wife of 18 years. And we were so comfortable in our last city. 
And it's like I knew everyone in the city. Thousands of people came to the church. Every restaurant we went to, it was like someone would pay the bill for us, you know? And then we moved to San Francisco. It was like, wow, we got to pay for everything. We got, you know, every Friday night, it's like, well, I guess it's just us again. Let's go hang out. We have no friends. And uh, it, was just, it was just one of those times, though, where God was saying, it's time for another step of faith. It's time to go just try something. Do something that scares you. Because every time you do something like that, it's, it's like you see God supernaturally show up. And things that happen when we're taking risks don't usually happen when we're comfortable. But I, I remember being in the city, really not knowing anyone. And about a year ago, Terry and, uh, you know, reached out to us and invited us over for dinner. And it was just cool, it was nice. The moment we got there, you know, it's like, cause all our kids just immediately, it was just so loud. It was, uh, you know, cause they, they, they all look the same. You know, all of our kids, they're, they're just half and half kids, you know, and just, ah! And uh, I, I mean, we were there maybe 30 seconds when my son knocked over one of his lamps. And he was just so gracious, like, oh, we like it dark. You know, it, it's just, it, but it was just immediate. and. You know what it's like. It's like, oh, it's so cool. You know, just welcome us in. Um, and it was funny. Even like a, a week ago, I came home and my wife is just like beaming. You know, just like just visibly different. Like so happy. And I go, what's going on? She goes, I just got back from hanging out with Cheryl, you know, for a few hours. And I'm like, well, what'd you guys do? She goes, well, we just went to lunch. And then we just talked and talked. And then we went to ice cream. And, I, you know, and I was just thinking, you don't look like this after we go out, you know? <laughs> it, was, it was a little creepy even. Um, <laughs> but it's, it, it's, it's nice, you know, like just the unity. You know, when you go somewhere new and it's like, oh, okay, suddenly, there's relationship, there's a friendship, and, uh, and, and it reminded me of this passage in, in Philippians 1, Philippians 1, verse 27. He says, let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of you, that you're standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. You know, Paul writes there in Philippians, he goes, what, what I want to see is that you guys would live in a way that's worthy of the gospel. Okay, we, we, we all believe in this great news that God's given us, this great God, and he goes, you should live accordingly. And, and he describes what that means. He goes, by, by living according to the gospel, it means that there's unity, that you're, you're of one mind. There's not all these divisions, but, but there's just this immediate unity where you strive side by side. It's a beautiful picture. And he goes, and as you strive side by side, he says, I don't want you afraid of anything. You got that picture in your mind? Just a bunch of people, like, just side by side, like, we're of one mind. You're not going to tear us apart. We're going to love each other. We're going to forgive each other. We're going to put up with each other's stuff. You know, we're just going to walk side by side, and together we'll be fearless. And there's something beautiful, the Bible, talk, when it talks about unity. And, and, and what, what concerns me is so often in churches, there's so much division, right? And there's so much gossip and this and that. And, and, and then there's also so much fear because of that disunity. It's like, oh, who's talking behind my back, this or that? And God's saying, you know what? When I look down and I see your church, he goes, here's what I want to see. I want to see you guys striving side by side. I want you there's just to be this unity, this relationship. And as you march together, I want it to be 
fearless, just unafraid. And, you know, and let me just go off on a little tangent for a second. I, be, because I was a pastor for 17 years, um, I saw the way things would creep into the church sometimes. And it's so hard to be a leader, uh, especially I, I noticed like in the early days, it was a lot easier. And as time went on, it got more and more difficult. And some of it, I think, was just our world was changing and we, we, everyone became more critical years ago. Just, I don't know, it felt like five years ago there was just a jump in criticism. And, and some of it is just brought on when you, you look on the internet. You notice how whatever article is on there, there's just 100 comments afterwards. You know, and it's like, oh, whoever wrote that is stupid. No, you're stupid. No, you're stupid. It's just on and on and on, right? It's like everyone criticizing. And so it's just everyone's empowered. And I understand the freedom of speech and everything else. But at the same time, the Bible talks about how when we speak to one another, we shouldn't say anything except that which builds one another up. And, and I just pray that you guys keep protecting that as, as a church. Because as I've gotten to know Terry, I just see, gosh, he really loves this church. I mean, there's no way is this just a job to him. It is his, it's his life. He loves you guys. And it, and it made me think of that passage in, um, in Hebrews chapter 13, uh, verse 17. It says, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they're keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. I, I love that, that phrase. I mean, the first part is just saying, okay, you have these leaders, and their job is to keep watch over your soul. And it's kind of, in, it's, it's very intense. It says, they're keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. That means at the end of his life, he's going to give an account to how he cared for you. I don't mean to freak you out, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's a lot of pressure. Like, man, I'm entrusted over their souls. Like, that's a lot of pressure. And so because of that, he, he says, so let them do it with joy and not with groaning, because that's no advantage to you anyways. It's like, let's just bless this guy. Let's just serve these leaders and love them, not be like the rest of the world, just critiquing, criticizing, whatever, the negativity. Let's lift him up so that his job's actually a joy because he's got enough pressure on himself knowing he's got to face God one day for how he cares for you. And so it's, it's you know, I come up here, I teach, but I want to tell you, it's, it's an honor for me to teach. Uh, and and, and I, I know it doesn't just lightly let people up here because he cares about your life. And, and the more I get to know him, the more I see just how concerned he is that, that people love Jesus and that they get him because there's so many distorted visions and understandings of him. And it's like getting back to the Bible. And I praise God for this church and what you've done over the years. My prayer is that you just keep moving forward and that when God looks down, he sees you striving side by side. No divisions in here, no gossip. This is, this, is, this is a place where we love each other, we strive side by side, and with that, because of that, we're fearless. We're not afraid of anything. See, and, and, and it's, it's hard because as I speak about courage, this is one of the things I struggle with. I'm just naturally like a, a fearful person, and even though I've seen every time I take a step of faith, 
It's like you'll see these supernatural things, so you'd think that by now I'd be fearless, but I struggle with that. I think a lot of us do. I mean, I mean even when I came out here, you know, just, just saw the hand of God, hands down, no question, just supernatural thing. I could sit up here for hours, literally, and just tell you story after story that'll just blow your mind, the way that God's come through. And that's why I just go, gosh, this is amazing. Every time I, I, I'm just like in awe after he does something where I go, Wow, no way. I just spoke to God, and he responded to me. That's, a, that's an intense feeling. I mean, when I first moved out here about a year ago, we did this conference. We go, let's just try something. Let's gather a bunch of people in the Tenderloin. Let's, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll teach just for a few minutes, and then we'll spend the whole day, like, just serving people. You know, we'll pass out food, groceries, hot meals. We'll, we'll cut their hair. You know, we'll, we'll wash their feet. We'll give them pedicures. We'll, you know, just medical tent. Well, you know, you know, optic, you know, eyes, whatever. Just let's just let's just care. Just show grace because that's we want to represent our God. And so let's just love on these people. Give, 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 give. And so we're doing this. We're, we're getting ready for this conference, and it's Wednesday, and we had hundreds of people signed up to come on Friday. And the leader of the rescue mission goes, hey, we have to make like 8,000 meals and we have no meat um, and we have no money. And meanwhile, they'd been fasting and praying all week and everyone's like, well, what do we do? And they're thinking, well, do we just put it all on a credit card and buy this meat or whatever? And two hours after the meeting, Trader Joe's called them, called the rescue mission and said, all of our freezers just broke down. Do you have any use for all of our meat? <laughs> no lie. Oh, it's insane. Seriously, truckloads of meat came to our door, like marinated pork chops, steak, ribs, chicken. And it was just like, wow, this is so cool. And so as we're cooking up all this food, there was just a sense of awe, like, man, God provided this. This is, this is insane. How does this happen? Okay, so two weeks ago, we do the conference again, right? Because um, it's been a year now. We do the conference again, this time even more people. We do both, you know, Saturday and Sunday. But on Tuesday, the guy that's over the kitchen, the kitchen manager, we have a, we got a little more organized, got a kitchen manager there now. There's a guy that just got out of prison. Um, but I, we, we trust him. He, he said he didn't do it. And uh, no, he's actually a very good friend of mine now. But, uh, you know, he, he looks at us and he goes, look, you guys, don't go giving out all the food on Saturday. We have a whole, you know, 800 people coming on Sunday, and if you pass out all the food, we don't have enough for both days, you know? And we started mocking him, like, okay, it's not like Jesus never multiplied food, you know? And uh, he goes, I know, I know, because I'm just telling you, don't go crazy on Saturday, because we won't have enough meat for Sunday. Half an hour after the meeting, Trader Joe's calls us. <laughs> you guys, I didn't even believe it this time. And they go, we just had a power outage. <laughs> I, I know. See, now it's just, it doesn't even seem believable. I'm looking at your face and go, shut up. No, someone over there works at Trader Joe's. They're doing it. I know. It's like, 
Are you kidding me? It's just amazing stuff like that where you step out in faith and God comes through. And every time, I mean, you should have seen the room when we heard the Trader Joe's called again a year later. It's not like this happens every week. I mean, once a year, right after the staff meeting, I mean, the whole place, we were just going nuts. We're just laughing. We're just like, we're beside ourselves. We didn't even, we didn't even know how to react. It's like, how can that happen? That's impossible. I mean, if you thought maybe there's a slight chance it was coincidence last year, you go, there's just, this is impossible now. And just my life has been filled with that. And every time it happens, man, it, it brings you to tears because you think, I spoke to God. God, God noticed me. And he answered. And, and what greater thing is there in life? I mean, I love that. It's what makes life worth living. And so, so all I want, I mean, he cut me open. and go, man, what's this guy all about? It's like, man, I want you to experience him. I, I want you to get him and understand how amazing Jesus is. Story after story. In fact, Tuesday, I'm getting together with the staff. I go, we're already forgetting things from last year. Let's just write down all the stories because this has been an unbelievable year. And I just want everyone, like the Bible says, to taste. Just get a taste and see that the Lord is good. To see the goodness of him because it starts to take away your fear. Not completely, because like I said, I'm, I, I'm a fearful person. One of the things that is hardest for me to do is to talk to someone, like strangers. Like I, I'm naturally, believe it or not, I'm a very introverted person. I like to just be by myself and... and uh, I'm okay in front of like thousands of people, but I, I don't like, I don't know. I just don't like, I, I'm not good at one-on-one and talking to strangers and, and I'm on a plane every week and I think, gosh, I should talk to this guy about Jesus, but that's hard for me because I think that, that's not politically correct. You're not supposed to talk about God and they're probably going to reject you. And, 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 and I remember one time there was an empty seat and then there was a, a girl sitting there and uh, I was flying up to Seattle and I thought, I should talk to her, and, but I'm getting nervous again. I'm like, God, help me. Give me the words. Give me the words. I, I never know what to say. How do I start a conversation about you? I want to tell her about you because you're so amazing, but I, she's going to think I'm weird. You know, help me. Help me. Give me the words. Please, God, just, just help me. And then I look over, and she had, she'd fallen asleep. <laughs> and so there's this side of me that's like, oh, good, good. I tried. I tried, you know. She <laughs> fell asleep. And, you, you know, and... And so I get off the plane in Seattle, and I go and I speak at this pastor's conference um, about courage. And, and the whole time, I'm like, man, what am I doing, you know? And just feeling terrible about myself. I'm only in Seattle for like three or four hours. I get back in the car, drive back to the airport, go back to fly back down to LA, get on the airplane. Guess who sits right next to me? Same girl. We both freak out. Because that doesn't happen. That, that never happens. Those of you who fly, you know, that never, you're never even on the same plane. And now suddenly, a few hours later, she's right next to me, and she's laughing. She goes, I promise I'm not stalking you. She goes, I, 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 she goes, I, I went online. I just picked a middle seat up toward the front of the plane, and here you are. And I, and I just was able to look at her. I go, look, this isn't a coincidence. I go, this morning, I saw you over there, and I prayed for you. And I felt like I was supposed to just ask you how you were doing. And I like chickened out to even ask you how your life was and if there's anything I could pray for you about. And, and so I know it's weird to you, but this stuff happens to me a lot. 
And it's not a coincidence that this happened. So what is going on in your life? Tell me what you believe about God. And she just started pouring out her life to me, saying, tell me why she hated the church, why she hated organized religion, all her issues with church. And we just had the best conversation. I was able to talk to her about what God is really like and what church should look like and what we're striving for, and just an amazing conversation. And, and, and two things I loved about it was she walked away knowing that was not a coincidence. Like God brought her there. God, God, God sat her there. I mean, Acts 17 talks about how God orchestrates when we're born, every place we're supposed to be. He orchestrates it so that, the Bible says, so that we might feel our way toward him and find him. And that was such a great example of it, where I'm going, this isn't coincidence. I showed her that. I go, look, God puts us in situations so that we can find it. I mean, you being here today, it's, it's not coincidence. It's not coincidence that this is the first time I've spoken here. And, and it's, it's God orchestrates these things. It wasn't coincidence that our families got to know each other and the way we bonded together. And, and it, it's, All of this is for a reason. And I love that she walked away just a little, like, shocked, going, that was weird. That was definitely God getting, it wasn't just that I sat next to some preacher guy. It was, man, God's doing something in my life. And the part I loved was, was God's grace on me, you know, because I was feeling so guilty all of this time. And God just, instead of getting angry at me, was just, you know, he just, it's like, I'll give you another chance. Was it too much to reach over one seat? I'll put it right there, okay? <laughs> Can you handle that, Francis? You, you know, it's just, I just, seriously, I walked away that day going, God, thank you. Even a silly thing like that, like you made it such an amazing moment. Because we all have our fears, right? We all have these struggles. And, and yet, the, the, I have to keep reminding myself, like the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, God didn't give us a spirit of fear. God didn't give that to us. He says, but I gave you a spirit of power and love and self-control. See, he wants his church. He goes, look, I didn't give you that fear. Where did that fear come from? It came from the enemy. He wants you terrified of everything. But what does God want? He wants us, like an army, advancing with faith. That's what this is all about. It's like, okay, let's go side by side. Let's love each other. Let's care for each other. Let's go for us, be united, and let's be fearless. See, that's what people used to see when they saw the church. In fact, in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, I love this verse because it says, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Isn't that a great verse? It just says, when they saw this boldness in Peter and John, what surprised them was the thing. One, they were bold. But two, this is they were just ordinary people uneducated people, yet they had such a boldness that everyone looked on. See, that's supposed to represent the church. Like, people should look on and go, man, these guys are fearless. Like that verse said in, in, in Philippians, right? It says, man, you're striving side by side, not afraid of anything. He says, that's when people are going to believe. They look on, they see such unity and such fearlessness. They go, they must be onto something. That God they believe in must really be real. 
And it's that same picture here. It's like they're astonished, these uneducated common men. And, and it goes on in verse 18. It, they, understand, Peter and John were put in front of the authorities. They were imprisoned at this point because it was wrong to talk about Jesus. And, and it says in, in verse 18, it says, They called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. But we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all were praising God for what had happened. So these guys were put in front of the authorities who were free to imprison them for life or do whatever to them. And they were commanded, don't ever talk about Jesus again. And Peter and John, these simple, uneducated, ordinary people go, well, and they had just healed a guy. I mean, that's what started this whole thing. They're saying, hey, we don't want you healing people anymore. We don't want you talking about Jesus. And Peter and John go, well, you judge for yourselves. Should we listen to you or should we listen to God? I mean, I just experienced his power I just saw what he did, and you're telling me not to share that, not to talk about that? I mean, what would you do if you're in my shoes? I mean, they just spoke so boldly to the leaders, and the leaders finally just released them because of the pressure from the people. But what I love is what happens after that, because you think these two guys that the world looks on and says, man, they are so bold. They just stood up to the authorities. The first thing they do is they get all the believers together. They run back to the believers and they say, hey, pray for us some more. And, and that prayer is written down in verse 29. They pray and they say, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus and when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. I love that. Here's these bold people. But why were they bold? You know why? It's because they got together with the other believers and they would pray for each other and say, you know what, I'm a little afraid. Pray for me. I need more boldness. Pray for me. I need more boldness. That's what Hebrews says we're supposed to do when we gather together. We're supposed to stir one another up because we all get afraid, right? So when we gather, it's like this should be like a rallying time where we stir one another up to love and good deeds, where we look at each other and go, look, I'm afraid too. I don't like doing this. I don't, I don't, I'm terrified to talk to people I love, even my own family about Jesus. It's hard for me, you know, people that I love at work, I want to tell them, but I, I feel weird. And it's like, no, when you get together, stir one another up. When you get together, pray for each other because we're all afraid. He goes, why were these people astonished by the apostles? because they prayed for courage. And I love what happened when, when these guys prayed, the Bible says that they were all filled with boldness. And then it says the place where they were praying started shaking, like there was an earthquake. I mean, could you imagine if right now, see, because I, I, I take this book literally, I've seen too many supernatural, amazing things. And I go, God, I'm praying to the same God those guys pray to. And there's no reason why it couldn't happen today. Why I couldn't pray right now and for something supernatural to happen 
where God fills us all with boldness. And there's no reason why there wouldn't be an earthquake. It'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what I love about that passage. It's like they knew, hey, God's with us. And that's, that's what he does in life. It's like when we're afraid and go, God, I'm going to try this. I'm going to go out in faith. I'm just going to go after it. But I need you. I need you to help me. That's exactly what they prayed back then. God, give us boldness, but you've got to stretch out your hand, and you've got to do things also. I, I, I mean, let me just close with one, one of the, the guys from your church, a, a friend of mine now, Aaron, he's been, he's been helping me out there in, in the tenderloin. And, and I remember the first time uh, I, I really got to know him was there was a guy at, at, uh, that I've been ministering to, and he'd been addicted to, uh, to crack for like 40 years and uh, gives his life to the Lord. We baptize him, gets so fired up. And, and, and he even said, he goes, can you pray for me because the first of the month is coming and that's when I always blow it. You know, I'm, I'm always high on the first of the month. That's when we get our checks and everything else. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm not only gonna care for him, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna be with him. But on the first, I got sick, I got the flu. And I was going to go over to see him, and, and I couldn't go. But then I get this phone call from Aaron from your church. And he goes, hey, hey, I'm actually going to go see, I'm going to go see James. And I'm like, oh, right on, right on. Good, good. But in the back of my mind, honestly, there was part of me that was like, what's Aaron going to do? <laughs> you know, this guy's been addicted to, to crack for 40 years. He needs Francis Chan, you know. <laughs> Who's Aaron? Aaron hasn't written anything, you know. And, 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 you know, there's just that side of, okay. But it was so cool because he calls me that night and he's flipping out. He goes, you'll never believe what happened. He goes, you know, I went with him. We got his money, you know, made sure he couldn't give it the drug dealer. We did, we did all this stuff. We had the amazing time. He was telling me about how it had been 40 years since he'd been clean and, it, and how good it was. I said, let's celebrate. He goes, so I took him out to dinner. You know, we we're trying to find one place and we ended up at Popeye's, you know, and, uh, and we're just talking and, and, and James is, is, is sharing and, and he just kind of goes, he goes, I asked James, so when did it all start? He goes, oh, man. He goes, literally, it was 40 years ago. He goes, I was 19 years old. I'm 59 now. It's 19 years old. I still remember my boss brought cocaine into work. And I was just curious. I just wanted to try it, and I fell in love with it. And I've been addicted ever since to something for the last 40 years. And he goes, but I'll never forget, because I, I was working at this restaurant, and he brought it into the back, and then he stops. He goes, Wait, this is the restaurant. And he just gets the chills all over his body. He goes, this is where it started. Is this $5.99? Yes. This. And he just freaks out. He goes, no way. It started in this room. And, and you're telling me 40 years later, God brings me to the place where it all started to deliver me? He goes, if I ever doubted God, I will never doubt him again. And it was just this moment where it was like, wow. And you know, when Aaron called me, he goes, man, craziest day. So amazing. And I'm just saying, man, when we step out in faith, maybe you don't feel prepared, maybe you don't feel ready, but there's something about stepping out in courage. It's something when we stir each other up that we get to experience God in new ways. I just want that for you so badly because there's nothing like that in life. 
So I just want to pray over you right now. Like we're going to take an offering in a second. We're going to have, we still have another song to go. But I, I, want, I want you focused right now. I don't want you just to close your eyes and go, okay, he's ending his sermon. Like I want to believe like they did back then. That something could happen right now. And God could stir up a new courage in your life. So let me pray for us. God, I love experiencing you. God, I've had so many amazing times with you in my lifetime. Father, it just keeps happening. I just want more and more. But God, I want, I want everyone here to experience you, to understand your grace, your forgiveness, your love. God, I believe there's people here that you orchestrated and you brought them here for this day because it's time for them to take a step of faith. And so, God, right now, I want, I want to pray just like those apostles did 2,000 years ago and believe that you hear me from heaven. God, give us courage to speak about you boldly. In Jesus' name I pray.